I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. WRKS Pickens Jackson. You ready? Let's go! Now live in the Bank Plus studio, where college football meets the all-lifestyle. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. Streaming around the world live at the Out of Bounds radio app and on your radio at ESPN 105.9. Where are you? The Zone. Well, good morning to you. Out of Bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. Uh, Tulu Griffin may challenge Lane Kiffin as the transfer portal king. Tulu having fun with it on Twitter. He's made an announcement that he's coming back along with Jaden Crumity and uh, Bookie Watson. Those are all starters. Uh, one linebacker, one D lineman, one... Well, I don't know if Tulu starts necessarily since he plays the same position as Ra Ra, but whatever. They play a lot. And, um, and so, you know, look. Guys, that's exciting. I mean, you're you're bringing back three star. Tulu's a playmaker. You don't have a lot of them. Uh, Crumney's your best D lineman, and and Watson played well. Uh, <laughs> you you still don't ever know though, right? I, until it all shakes out, uh, you just don't ever know with with third party flesh peddlers and runners and so on. Um, but right now, they're committed to Mississippi State. That's a big deal for for Mike Leach. Ole Miss, K- Kiffin will do the same thing. Uh, they're they're going to size up. They want to retain X amount of players. And, you know, you're always going to have the attrition, all transfers, injuries, homesick, blah, 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 not good enough, whatever. Um, and, and you have to keep an eye on attrition this day and age. My question is, well, first, out of bounds, Speaking of keeping an eye on it, Out of Bounds 105.9 The Zone brought to you by Eye Care Professionals. If you need cataract surgery, Dr. Kirk Jeffries, Eye Care Professionals. I'm keeping an eye on Alabama, and I don't feel sorry for Alabama by any stretch, right? But they lost like 19 or 20 players last year, 
and they're up to about eight just in the last couple of days, and there's rumors that they could go to 15. Um, I wonder, I mean, Saban's always going to sign the best class or second best class or third best class, we feel pretty, pretty confident. Right now, he's number one. He's even over Georgia. I'm looking at the 247 rankings right now. And uh, a lot could change in the next three weeks. I, I, I understand that. And, and nothing, co- a commitment means, you know, it's just like flirting at the bar. Just means eh, whatever. We're interested. Yeah. And, but Bama, if Bama takes a slight step back, which they did this year, I mean, Bryce Young won them games. Without him, they don't beat Texas and they don't beat Ole Miss. He also kept them in the tennis. The reason why the Tennessee game was within a whisker and the LSU game was within a whisker of them winning, and those are road games, okay? Those are tough places to play. The reason why Bama was were lost just by a handful of points is Bryce Young. My question is this. If they roll Ty Simpson out next year, whoever it is, and, 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 and look, that kid looks talented, but what if he's good? not transcendent and great. Bryce Young's the best quarterback they've ever had. He's better than Tua Tonga-Baloa. He's better than Jalen Hurts. He's better than uh, Kenny Stabler. He's better than Joe Namath. Um, at the collegiate level, level, Bryce Young is an absolute dude. And we expect him to go to the NFL, and you know I think he'll be really good. He's a little small in stature, but people seem to be figuring that out at the NFL level. My question is this. With all that attrition... I know they're still going to sign the best players. But if you get your kind of class roster out of sync, unbalanced, what does that look like for Bama now that Georgia's better, LSU's better, Auburn's about to be better, State and Ole Miss aren't too shabby, Florida's going to get better, and Tennessee's going to get better. So what does that look like going forward for Alabama? Just... You lose that many players. You're going to bring some in. You're going to do the transfer portal. Your alums will always go get players. I get it. But if you go from Bryce Young to just two or three steps back, which means Ty Simpson's still pretty good to good, but new. But the heroics in the fourth quarter have allowed Bryce Young, one, to almost win you two games you didn't, and to win two games that you had a chance to lose against Ole Miss and Texas. My thought, my my point, Blake, is where are you with that? Yeah. 100%. I don't you, know yet. You, well, here's my question. You've seen Nick Saban. Let's just, let's take out, let's start at six, 2016 or 15, whenever it was that Kiffin got there. From that point forward, you have seen them win with above average quarterback play, but not necessarily elite quarterback play week in and week out because they've had dominant playmakers around the quarterback. I'd argue this year is the first year since Kiffin showed up on campus, that they've had nary a soul on that offensive side of the ball that's a playmaker, a dynamite playmaker outside of Bryce Young. True. And that, to me, is what I'm surprised by, and that, to me, is what I wonder will Saban remedy next year. What if you bring... What if Ty Simpson starts, Yep. but you still don't have a a Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, Julio Jones type player. You're in trouble. What if you have the kind of, those receivers this year were good, but as you just said, they're not a top 10 pick in the first round of the NFL draft. Give me just first round pick, period. Okay. 20th 20th pick. It doesn't even matter. I mean, I mean, give me, give me a first rounder. There's no, there's no Waddle. Nope. 
There's no Devontae Not Smith, even a Calvin Ridley who, or anything. No, yeah, yeah Calvin nothing. Ridley's a hell of a player. Nothing. Amari Cooper. And those weren't... Uh, Amari's a good player in the NFL. But not Jalen Waddle. I get it. 100%. He's not A.J. Brown. I understand. He's not yeah. Tyreek Hill. You don't even need that level. Just yeah. give me Amari Cooper. If there is that level of receiver on the on the roster next year, then Ty Simpson can... He could go ten and two again next year too. But but that that's they don't want to go to the cotton correct Bowl. correct. Or, or not, I get the cotton bowls in the college football. They don't want to go to New Year's Six period. They don't even want to go to New Year's. They're not period. interested. Nobody will go. I'll, I'll I'll be interested to see if Bryce plays in the game. Um, I love this. How many natties did Bryce win? He must not be the best Alabama quarterback. He didn't win a natty. Oh God. Can we stop with that? I mean, what are we doing? Oh, Greg no. McElroy, Dak Prescott, one won a natty, one didn't. Which one do you want? Yeah. Right. Let's. I mean, why, Josh Allen didn't win a natty. You but, want but Josh Tim Allen? Tebow did. Yeah. Who, who would you rather have this who, weekend? Who, yeah. <laughs> Tim Tebow won the Heisman and won two national championships in Florida, although he really didn't have anything to do with the first one. But um, who would you rather have this weekend? Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills or Tim Tebow? <laughs> I mean, what are we doing, guys? Come on. Stop. Come on. You want Joe Flacco or uh, Joe Dak Flacco. Prescott? Which one do you yeah. want? One's yeah, got Dan Super Bowl. Marino, Dan Fouts, and Warren Moon. Or uh, Joe did, Flacco. Did, 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 did not win Super Bowls. So they're terrible. Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl. Yeah. You want Ed Orgeron? Nick Foles. Was it Nick Foles? Yeah. He won, it, won it a was, Super Bowl yeah, with, with the, the Eagles. Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Yeah. Do you want Ed Orgeron or do you want Lane Kiffin? One has an Addy and one doesn't. I want Lane. Yeah. I mean, we're not even... I want Mike Leach. Why are we stopping? Why are we having this I want Hugh Freeze. Come on, guys. Over Ed Ogeron. Yeah. That's, that's Actually, a, I want yeah. those three over Jimbo Fisher, who has a natty in 2013 if, at Florida if, State. If you want to argue like natties, you could be like, oh, well, Saban's better than Urban because he has more natties. Okay, well, fine. Maybe you want to go that route. But like, if you're just saying that's the end-all, be-all ender, no. Having a national championship doesn't mean you're inherently better than someone else. No. Yeah, especially at the quarterback position... Charles Barkley 2015. does not have a world championship in the NBA. And Shaq lets him know everywhere. And, but Charles Barkley, <laughs> you can make a strong argument. He's one of the top 10 players yeah. to ever play yeah. the game. Um, I love that argument. Yeah. Boy, we, we, went, we went off course there for a second. I know. What do you, what oh, do you, okay, go ahead. What do you say to the people that say Saban's running off players at Alabama? Is he running them off or are they leaving on There's their own accord? There's some of that, but you can't run. You, you ran 20 off last year. You're already at eight today. They think Ryan Fowler thinks it could go to 15. I'm just saying, how can you manage your roster with that much attrition, even if you're the University of Alabama Crimson Tide? And if Ty Simpson's just a good player next year, how does that look for Alabama? Because Bryce Young bailed you out of everything this year. If you need cataract surgery, Dr. Kirk Jeffries, Eye Care Professionals, two locations on Lakeland Drive. Eye Care Professionals, Dr. Kirk Jeffries, cataract surgery, back in a second. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Man, what happened the last week or two? Because our Twitter is a little more aggressive. Yeah, people are salty lately. You know, what happened was Ole Miss fans were riding high. State fans were purely negative and feeling so down that they weren't even really getting salty about it. And then Ole Miss started to lose. State obviously picked up the big win in the Egg Bowl. And I feel like the saltiness factor has come back. Fair enough. It felt for just a second, maybe more so. This goes back to our first segment discussion, perception versus reality. And if you missed it, you can check it out on the Out of Bounds podcast. You should have the app. The perception was that Ole Miss was light years ahead of Mississippi State. The reality was that they were living across the hall at a crappy dorm. And uh, both guys were not anywhere different. They lived in the same neighborhood. Oh, you took a shot there. Uh, the program's just finished with eight wins. Correct. That's pretty damn Sorry. awesome. Um, Apartment complex. And no, they're, townhouse. They're, they're in the high rent area. <laughs> are they? Yeah. Well, are they? I've in the always high said this. Uh, Bama, Georgia, and LSU are on the beach at Alice Beach, and Mississippi State and Ole Miss are just the row of home. Still awesome, but there's a difference. Okay, you still got a lot of amenities. You're still in a cool spot. Still got a beautiful house. You know, you can still go to the wonderful restaurants. You still have access to the beach. But the row in front of you has balcony, porch, from their kitchen, ocean views all the time. Correct. You just have to you have to walk 50 feet between Georgia and Al- Alabama, you know, between <laughs> those two homes. Yeah. You know, the walkways down there. Yeah. To get to the beach. Not to... Not at all bad deal. Do State and Ole Miss ever get to the beach? Do they make it there? Yeah, they just, you know. Okay. I'm just, just checking. Yeah, you're, you're being pretty negative okay. right I, now. I'm not trying to be negative. When you win eight games, like think about Auburn and A&M this year. Hey, they did not win eight games. And Arkansas. That's correct. And look, Lane's won 18 games in the last two years. Now, will they win their bowl game? I don't know. Um, I don't think Mississippi State and Ole Miss type programs get up for bowl games for the most part anymore. Now, you know, the two teams laid a, a pretty gigantic egg last year. Um, mm. it, it's it's this thing. I don't know where we're going to go with it. I, I don't think our – like, they just played the golden egg game. Correct. Those kids went after it. That was a smash-mouth, physical – Played their ass off till yep. the absolute last. Yep. I've talked about our programs and how tough they are. All you have to do is look at the, the Egg Bowl the last 30 years. There's zero energy left when they're done with that That's game. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. They left it all out on the field. Absolutely. Both both 
groups of players played their ass off. With they yep. may not they may have made some mistakes. That's going to happen. They played at a very intense high level for over three hours. That's correct. I agree. So my I agree question is: Can you really do that in a bowl game against? Well, like, if Mississippi State doesn't get Notre Dame, and now people are talking about South Carolina and Notre Dame getting paired up, mm-hmm. and they get Illinois, they're not going to care. Yes, correct. You you can't. You you. Well, you're not even factoring. But but Illinois. About, and and Belam is coached in this league. Would get up for it, correct? That's their Super Bowl. What the way I would Ole look Miss at it matched is matched up against whoever in the Liberty or the Music City. No, no one cares. Let me ask you I, I this. Know. Let me ask well, you from this perspective. Here's the, though. You only get to here's the here's the flip side. You only get to play so many games in and, your life, and you have to enjoy those games. And, I agree and, with that. And you have to work out. Your coaches make you work out 365 days out of the year. 90% work, 10% play. Exactly. 100%. I mean, you're always in the weight room. Yeah, you're absolutely. always getting bandaged up. You're always getting, you know, over the 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 ankle or the the hip. And 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 it goes so fast. And in football especially, you only get yes. so many opportunities. But the problem is with a full roster and a full people playing, not everyone's acting that way when they go to the bowl game. The way I would And I want them too, to, by the way, I want Ole Miss and Mississippi State players to go and have fun. Correct. They deserve to go do it. I want them to you, go to an NBA played. game yeah. or an NFL game and go to amazing restaurants. I think that is so cool. And get the swag yes. and all the fun experience. Because yes. a lot of these kids have never been outside their hometown and the college town they play in. Right. So all of that is great. I'd, I'll, I even put it like this. You mentioned the Egg Bowl. I'd say you play eight SEC games a year. Now, Ole Miss has the weird Vanderbilt thing, so they don't get up for that game. But normally, every other school has eight games that they're pretty much getting up for. Of the eight, the bowl game, I don't even know if it enters any of those eight games, let alone the Egg Bowl. I don't even know if the importance of the bowl game is not behind all eight SEC games in terms of how you get up for them. It is behind it. So that's where it's difficult until you get to the New Year's I Six. Bet I think you may can put an incentive on it through NIL and tell all the players, look, if we win, everybody gets 2500 bucks, And that may not sound – because we're, we're, we get all cute with all these NIL numbers, and most of them are, are, are bogus. Yeah. But, but that's a huge number. We only focus on the kids getting a half million dollars and a million dollars. But if you tell everybody in the room, hey, guys, if we go and we win, you get you – get not only do you get to go somewhere for four nights, yep. and we're going to pay for everything. We're yep. going to take you to the best restaurants. Yep. You know, we get to take you to the yep. awesome steakhouses, and and yep. you'll get spoiled lobster and yeah. fillet for days. Yeah, okay. But if you win, everybody gets twenty five hundred bucks. I think, and I think that's the way you should be utilizing nil. I agree because incentivize them. Correct, and it also creates a little bit of a team pride thing in terms of everyone's getting it right. Yeah. Because we're not, I, I, we're not dumb. Business is business. You, if if we got all the radio hosts in Mississippi lined up and you all got to vie for value out of the same pie, you're not all going to get the same piece of pie. You're all, right. you're, and you could do that with lawyers and doctors and every, we're all, we understand that. So players are the same way. However, in these scenarios, that's the way to do it. I agree wholeheartedly. Find you a a little deal with a couple businesses. Utilize that advertising. Get ROI, get them to invest in the NIL, and everybody wins. Yeah, and you don't even have to get the business. You just say we've got the NIL fund. Yeah, and both both schools have more and than enough to now. give eighty five yeah. players twenty five hundred bucks. Correct. Yeah, and just say hey, if we win, here's the deal. Yeah, I, I think it's the right way to do it. Absolutely, and you can do the same thing for whatever you know, other sports too. But the bowl game system is the one where the postseason I mean, truly legal? has been devalued. I think it is. Yes. Actually, now that I think about it, the NIL is, can do is anything. It, is it is it legal to incentivize them in the bowl game? Why wouldn't it be? Is it legal to incentivize the Ole Miss and Mississippi State baseball roster 
if, uh, let's say you get past the regionals, and 25 guys dress it for the Super Regional, okay? I think I'm right here. And you tell them, hey, if we win the Supers, everybody gets $3,000. Let's say you win the Super. All right, everybody's happy. Then you go to Omaha, and you say, look, if we win the national championship, every all 25 guys get yeah. $10,000. Yeah. Because that, that's not a lot. A quarter million dollars. Is yeah, that, I, I I mean, we do that with coaches. If you go look at Lane Kiffin and Mike well, Leach's sure, contract. Mike Leach just got a bump for winning the Golden Egg. They get bumps for going to New Year's Six. They get bumps for winning. Like, they're, we incentivize every other contract. I would be shocked if NIL doesn't have Chris some. Chris Jans, Kermit Davis Jr., second round of the NCAA yeah. tournament, March Madness. Between those. Uh, just getting tournament eligible gets them like 50K. Well, I like that. Uh or even going into the first round, hey guys, yeah. every every game we win, you get two grand, and if we get to the Sweet Sixteen, the thirteen scholarship players get receive five thousand. But see, apiece. those are easy. Baseball and football, your postseason is playing for the title every game. Yeah. Whereas in football, it's the one postseason that in college football is still somewhat unique and weird because yeah, it's weird. the postseason doesn't. We've said that bragging rights are what matter, but the bowl games are just not. No one brags about. It Not matters really. for your individual fan base yeah. and your individual players for, for, a, for a, a moment. Week or two or... Correct. It's a great. Here's the difference: you don't like being embarrassed in bowl games because that's a long window until you get to write that point. ship. Because nobody cares about spring practice. And maybe you lose. Even Jolie Dunn. Maybe you lose close. Don't get embarrassed. Nobody wants what happened last year with Mike Leach and Texas Tech. I promise you, Mississippi State fans may not care about the bowl game, but they care about not being embarrassed. Same with Ole Miss. The Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by our new partner, Patron Tequila. And uh, we love some Patron Reposado, Patron Añejo, and Patron Extra Añejo. You can find it at Briarwood Wine and Spirits, 4949 Old Kent Road, or your local wine and spirits shop. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Tom Luganville coming up next on the Yingling Lager Guest Line. Enjoy a yingling and a burger late this afternoon. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. This is the SEC Insider Hit, powered by Miss Kelly Furniture, Mississippi's number one, number one sleep store. Uh, the Out of Bounds Show is brought to you by the awesome selection of Boar's Head premium meats, cheeses, and hummus at any corner market grocery store in the state of Mississippi, including their new one in Macomb. And another new one coming uh, soon in Starkville, Mississippi. But Corner Market Grocery Store, Northside Drive, Fondred, and Bellhaven. Woo! This is the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We're streaming live for you on thezone1059.com and the Out of Bounds radio app. You can watch the show right now on YouTube. Watch the show on our YouTube channel. Search Out of Bounds Sports. We welcome in 
uh, NFL insider Steve Palazzolo, uh, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. And uh, Steve joins us on the Yingling Lager guest line. All right, Steve Palazzolo, I want to talk about uh, Dak Prescott's first half stats compared to his second half stats the last couple of weeks. Um, in the first half, some struggles. Second half, red hot. What do y'all see at Pro Football Focus? Yeah, I mean, it's, sometimes it's tough to to sort out first and second half splits, or you know, to build a a story off of it. Sometimes it's just how how guys, you know, just how things are trending or whatever it might be. But I think overall, Dak's playing really well. You know, certainly the Cowboys' offense has been. Uh, much better since he's come back and much better since, uh, you know, the Cooper rush weeks. And I think that was, that was what I think made those Cooper rush weeks, you know, really encouraging for the Cowboys was, you know, okay, Dak's going to come back. The offense is going to be better. We know we've got one of the best defenses in the NFL, but yeah, I think Dak's throwing the ball well, making good decisions. And, you know, even, even on Thanksgiving, you know, a couple fluky type of plays in the first half, those two interceptions, but, but he comes back strong. So I think overall the the Dallas offense is getting better and better. It's good to see Michael Gallup, you know, getting more involved there. And I think they're, uh, they're starting to peak at the right time. Where do you have the Dallas Cowboys in your NFC power rankings? Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, honestly, I think they're a better team than the Vikings, right? So I think you look at Dallas at eight and three and the Vikings are nine and two. A lot of people just, their power rankings are basically just record, right? It's like, oh, the Eagles have to be one. They're 10-1, and one, and then give me the 9-2 and two teams. But I, I really think it's the Cowboys and the Eagles uh, atop, atop the NFC right now, and probably the 49ers. You know, once they, you know, if they continue to um, find their groove and, and, and play well. So I think it's – but I think the Eagles and Cowboys look like the two best teams. They're, you know, the, the Cowboys now have the ability to win – multiple ways the Eagles have shown their ability to win in in every different style with the run game with the pass game with pass defense whatever it might be um, we'll see with the Vikings they've got another tough one with the Jets I think I've always just kind of been expecting them to taper off a little bit I think they will at some point so I think it's I think it's Eagles and Cowboys atop the the NFC right now okay we we always talk NFL quarterbacks with you and you know Dak Prescott leads the way a lot of times. Here he is, whatever he is, six years in, and he's had a lot of success. There's been some bumps in the road. But, you know, he you, you've mentioned sometimes quarterbacks are what they are at some point. So how do you balance that? Where, where can he get a little bit better, Steve? Or, or can he? Yeah. No, I think anybody can. You know, I think for Dak... You know, if you look at his turnover-worthy play rate, you know, that's something we do. We don't necessarily look at interceptions, you know, but, like, on the surface last year, if you include the, include the playoffs, he had 38 touchdowns and 11 interceptions, which looks exceptional on the surface, right? Um, but there was also – there was a little top-heavy in a couple games. They beat up on the Eagles' backups at the end. You know, that helps. But the turnover-worthy play rate for Dak has been over 3% for the last four years, including, you know, his injury, uh, injury season of 2020. And you see the best quarterbacks, not at 3%, but closer to 2%, right? So that sounds, sounds minuscule, but we're talking about a handful of plays here and there where I think Dak could do a better job of taking care of the ball. And that includes, 
you know, bad fumbles, not just passes that should be intercepted. So if we're talking about, hey, you know, six years into his career, seven years into his career, where should Dak be improving? I think that's one of them. And I think last year, I know he was injured in the whole thing, but he did go through that stretch where he was putting the ball in harm's way a ton um, in, the, in, in the second half of the season. And even this year in his six games, he's got four of them with two turnover-worthy plays or more. Now, again, sometimes they don't show up on the stat sheet or sometimes they're, they're not picked off or whatever it is. But I think that would be one place where if Dak could do just, you know, one pass per game that, you know, that he could have back, I think that could go a long way into, uh, you know, creating a more efficient offense. Okay. Do you think that this is uh, – that they have the ability to get to the NFC Championship game? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, just, just like they did last year. I mean, it's it, at this point of the season, you're saying, do the, does this team have the pieces? Dallas had the pieces last year. They just laid an egg against San Francisco at home in the playoffs. You know, they just they have to play better once they once they get into the tournament, so to speak. So, once again, with a, a guy like Micah Parsons, who is a game-changer on defense, what that does for the rest of the pass rush, Dan Quinn's done a really nice job there. They could cover on the back end. And then offensively, we've seen them, you know, get Tony Pollard involved a little bit more. Maybe take the ball out of Zeke's hands and use him in more favorable situations along the goal line. All of that stuff is good as this as, as the Cowboys come together, figure out what they are, and, and then the pass offense getting better and better as the weeks go on. You get a little bit more from Gallup, as I mentioned, as C.D. Lamb emerges as the number one. You get a number two tight end like Jake Ferguson creating after the catch as a, as a rookie. So a lot of my early season questions, you know, who, who's going to produce uh, outside or, or just at, you know, as a receiver, I think they're starting to answer those. So I think the Cowboys, absolutely, they've got all the pieces in place and they can make a run this year, just like they could have last year. Oh, man. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com, on the Yingling Lager guest line. So uh, where would you where would you rank – um, Dan Quinn, the Dallas defensive coordinator, as far as coordinators in the NFL. Yeah, I don't have a coordinator, you know, coordinator ranking off the top of my head. I'll say this, though. I think he's getting head coach opportunity probably at the end of the season. I think I think people are going to look at Quinn and, you know, whether it's Indianapolis and or, you know, whatever, whatever jobs are available. I, I think Dan Quinn's going to be at the top of the list. For, for some teams because he he was he had some success in Atlanta, but I think what I'm most impressed about is you know he came from this Seattle Seahawks tree where they really just played the same coverage over and over and over again, and that's how we coached football for the Falcons. And that sounds bad, but it's not you know it, it was a successful strategy in Seattle and a couple other places. But Quinn has really evolved quite a bit with the Cowboys. He's stunting and. Uh, twisting more than any coach in the league right now defensively. He's he's taken a, a you know, it must be nice to have a Micah Parsons, but you have to credit him for not just saying, hey, Micah, you're just going to play linebacker. You know, he has adjusted to Micah Parsons' skill set and adjusted everything else around him. So I think that's been the most impressive thing is this this next time around as a defensive coordinator, I think, I think we've seen much more versatility from Dan Quinn. And I think that's helped the Cowboys quite a bit. They've got decent personnel and, um, yeah, I think Quinn's going to – I think he's been one of the best defensive coordinators in the league now the last couple of years, and I think he'll get a look as a head coach in, in 
you know, at least get interviewed as a head coach coming this offseason. Sure. Boy, he's done a great job. Um, and had a hell of a career with the Seahawks. And, I mean, good grief. If he wins that Super Bowl game against the Patriots, yeah. we're talking about a totally – you know, he's just – he's con- we put him on another level and pedestal. But, anyway, it didn't work out. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, 4-8. and eight. Um, They're 1-5 and five in the division. Where do you see this going, Steve? Man, I mean, I think – I think if you if you ask me today, which you are, um, I think I see Rodgers maybe getting traded at the end of the season. Um, I, I don't think Rodgers wants to end his career on the 2022 season. You know, it, in, in it, it, there's there's a difference between what Rodgers is going through and what, like, say, Tom Brady's going through right now than Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. Peyton Manning and Drew Brees had clear physical limitations at the end of their respective careers. Rodgers and Brady do not. You know, Rodgers is still whipping the ball around. He's still physically there. Um, you know, does he miss more throws than he has in the past? Absolutely. Has the situation made things a little bit worse? Absolutely. But I think Rodgers is going to evaluate himself at the end of the year and say, I can still play. That was a rough season. But I think things that may have run their course in Green Bay. You know, the, the, the big discussion this offseason was, yeah, you, you lost Devontae Adams, but the Packers are going to put together the best defense they've had in 10 years. So don't worry. We'll make up for it on defense. And their defense has been terrible. We just saw it on Sunday night. They gave up 360 yards on the ground. That's been a consistent theme. So I don't think Rodgers or the Packers are going to put together the – I don't think Rodgers is going to see this team put together in Green Bay in 2023 that's going to be encouraging. And I think the Packers might just look at this and say, all right, we need to cut ties now because we don't have the you know financial ability to – to build the team around Aaron Rodgers. We'll take a $40 million cap hit, which is better than a $100 million cap hit after 2023. I think we might see them just part ways and Aaron Rodgers goes to the Jets or the Commanders or whoever it is this offseason and tries to give it one more go. Wow. Okay. Out of bounds, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Steve Palazzolo, a pro football focus, pff.com. What about when you look at the Titans, well, first of all, the Titans and the Eagles this weekend, you know, and, and what Vrabel's doing there. Um, they they move off A.J. Brown, which was a terrible decision, but they're still 7-4. and four. They don't have a big-time quarterback. Can you imagine if, like, some things lined up in, in Nashville for Vrabel and he even had a top 12 QB and they – they locked in on another big-time offensive skill weapon like an A.J. Brown, what he could do with that team? I mean, I think Tannehill was top 12 the last couple of years, and then he had A.J. Brown. Look, they're good. I mean, the Titans are good. I've been so impressed with what Mike Vrabel has done with all the injuries and everything. The Titans are a tough team to figure out, though, because none of the none of your baseline metrics scream, you know, contender. Um, but that was the same thing last year, and they had the number one seed they're always good at the things that are, are generally tough to sustain, like red zone offense and defense and, you know, just situational football. And, and I think that's where you have to credit Brable and his coaching staff and everything they've done. Now, when you look at the Titans, they haven't done a lot against good teams. Um, and I think that's a, you know, that's a factor. They got smoked by the Bills. They, they ended up losing to the Chiefs, even though it was an overtime. They lose to the Bengals. They lost to the Giants. Any team with a, with a decent record, and the Titans have lost. So that's even though it's it's not a conference game, it's a big game against the Eagles. The Titans have to prove that they can beat 
good teams. They still have to play Dallas. They still have to play the Chargers. They get the Jaguars twice. The Titans have to prove that they could beat some good teams. But I, I'm so impressed with what with what Vrabel's done because I do think he came into the season with a with a worse roster than he had last year. Yeah, without AJ Brown, without a, a tangible replacement and an offensive line that was still being overhauled that doesn't pass the tech really well. So I'm impressed with the Titans, how they play football, the physical brands that they play. But now it's got to translate into wins against good teams. That's where I think they've they've been a step behind so far this year. Okay, if Steve Palazzolo was a general manager and you could hire any of the coaches in the league right now, head coaches, who would you hire today? Probably Andy Reid. All right, take out Andy Reid. Hold on, hold on. Take out Andy Reid. Take out Andy Reid and Bill Belichick. Yeah, take um, take out those two because they're veterans. They're obviously both great Hall of Famers. Right. I'm interested to see if you go Mike McDaniel's, Vrabel, Shanahan, someone else. Who would Steve Palazzolo hire? So Kyle Shanahan and Mike Vrabel are the two that that leap to mind. Mike McDaniel could be there quickly, though. Got to be honest. But I think I think Shanahan Shanahan is probably the guy I would lean to because he's just always created offense, no matter who you've given him at quarterback. And I think if, if you're giving me a head coach, I love that as a, as a foundation. If you want to – now, I would work with Shanahan on, on his, uh, you know, game management and aggressiveness and some of these other things. But I think the baseline of I could put a quarterback into my system and produce offense, run game and pass game, is an awesome starting point. Rabel is different in that you give me, you know, third-string corners and I'll motivate them to play well, you know. And that's that's really valuable too. Rabel feels very much like a Mike Tomlin in that uh, we're just going to have a really high baseline every single year. And in the years that you give me the best team, we have a chance to win it all. So I think it's Kyle Shanahan and Rabel that are at the top of my list. I love both those right guys. Now. But Blake and I have fallen in love with Mike McDaniel's. Like every every clip no, that no, we see fine. of him, yeah. we bookmark on Twitter and we we watch it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the guy, you know, we started talking about him last year. I know you've known about him for years, but but we started talking about him last year. I mean, the fact that Mike McDaniels, the head coach of the Dolphins, played wide receiver at Yale and then worked his way into the league, and he's just a little freak and a little genius, and he's so damn funny. Yeah, did you see that clip of, I'm sure you did, well, I don't know. You actually have a job. We don't really. But uh, did you see that <laughs> clip of Mike McDaniels talking to Tua Tonga-Valoa on the sideline? And they were talking about YouTube and each other. And and McDaniels was like, man, I, I pulled you up on YouTube at, from high school. And holy smokes, your fundamentals were awful. No, I didn't see that part. I, I, he I used another word, Blake. What told. was it? Not fundamentals. Uh, he Mechanics. Mechanics. Mechanics were terrible. Mechanics. That's what he said. Did you see that? I, I did see the clip. No, I didn't see that one in particular. Was that attached to when they said McDaniel pulled like 700 plays to build to his confidence or whatever it was? And no. All right. So, all and, and you know what's funny them, about but... this? It's in a game. Like Tua is is yeah. in uniform, and Mike McDaniel's is telling him, "Hey, I you you know when you told me you YouTubed me, I YouTubed you and realized that your mechanics were terrible in high school." And they started laughing about it. It's great, man. I mean, that was like Joe Montana, you know, pointing out John Candy in the stands right before the game-winning drive against the Bengals in the Super Bowl, right? Like, you just find ways to, to relax in tense moments. That, that is part of what seems like McDaniel's genius, right? His, his it, it is. Keep it loose, but also just be a good X's and O's guy as well. You know, and I'm so impressed with what 
those two have been able to do and the chemistry and and McDaniel's talking about what all he's done with Tua. Um yeah, that guy's a little freak. Blake, you got yeah. do you have a uh, question it's, for Steve Palazzolo on the Yingling Lager guest line? It's funny you went to McDaniel because I was thinking I was gonna ask my question about Mike McDaniel before you even asked him about who, you know, he likes as a head coach. <laughs> I don't know that I you watch way more and you know way more coaches. To me, he is so unique and so different in the way that he relates to players and especially the quarterback position and all the stuff that's come out with all the negativity that was around Tua and his approach of just being like, Hey, we'll just maximize everything you do well and, and we're gonna focus on being good and we're gonna find out what you do well. I know other coaches do that in different ways, but his vocal kind of way of approaching it, it's is there another guy that's like him? Has there been another guy like him in the league that you can think of? I, to me, it's just a so openly different way to approach coaching a game that we've always said is about being tougher and more <laughs> aggressive and more physical and more mean. Well, well, the funny thing is, so Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, who I was just talking about, hey, he always creates offense and maximizes his team and all that stuff. Kyle's personality, I don't think, is anything like McDaniel. I mean, they were working together hand-in-hand for years. But Kyle's known for being in the film room, being like, what are you doing, dude? Why'd you miss this throw? Why'd you, you know, just, you know, it was pretty harsh, you know, at times, I believe. Um, and the fact, and I don't know, maybe McDaniel is. Maybe there's tough love in there, too, and we only see the, you know, the fun part of it. But um, I don't know. I mean, the, the McDaniel stuff is fascinating because middle of last season, all of a sudden he's doing press conferences. He wasn't talking a whole lot before that. And it was like his brand was built in the middle of last season doing these press conferences for the Niners as offensive coordinator. And everybody's believing what you guys believe. He's funny and this and that. And I think he is. It's just funny that I think we've only seen the good side of him. Um, maybe there is a bad side. Maybe there is a, a, a tough love type of side. I'm not really sure. But um, yeah, he definitely is unique in what we've seen through the years. I, I don't know that his style is is the only answer, right? Because you do have a college oh, sure. who's tough on his quarterback and gets results. But uh, McDaniel has definitely probably opened, opened eyes as to what the CEO, right? That's what head coach is, what the CEO of your football team should look like because he's got that uh, Gen Z type of approach that seems to be working so far. And and the protege mentor played this weekend. I can't wait. I think that's... Oh, it's going to be awesome. Oh, it's going to be awesome. I think that's so cool for our listeners. Dolphins 49ers on Fox at 3.05, and I'm here for that. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus on the Out of Bounds Show. Steve, is Russell Wilson a shot fighter? A shot fighter? As in... Is is he done? done? Or or is it... Yeah. Is it the environment and what's going on around him, or is, is he done and on the 18th hole? It's tough to say he's done. I mean, the guy's 34 years old. He just turned 34 uh, a couple of days ago. Um, he looks, it looks terrible. I mean, it looks horrible. Everything looks bad. And, but and physically he's gotten a little bit worse too, which is, which is a concern where a lot of quarterbacks are doing it. Matt Ryan's looking bad physically, but the dude's 38, right? Um, and we're talking about Rodgers and Brady never looking bad physically and, you know, changing the game there. But, I think at the end of the season, the Broncos, they're, they're tied to Wilson. They have to make Russell Wilson work. I think at the end of the season, they're going to say, we have to get somebody in here who's had success with him. And, you know, Daryl Bevel or Brian Schottenheimer, somebody. 
And it's ironic because those are the guys that Seattle fans were trying to run out of town because they weren't using Russ well enough. But I really think the Broncos have to maximize this thing. There's a little bit of Russ's shot, and there's a little bit of, okay, they're trying to put him into Nathaniel Hackett's offense, and maybe it's just not going to work at all. So I feel like they have to go to somebody that has had success with Russell Wilson and bring him in and try to rejuvenate him. I'm not ready to write him off because he's young, and he's, he's still just a couple years removed from being good. But the trend line is terrible. He's gotten worse and worse since the middle of 2020, whatever that is. Mm. He's gotten worse and worse, and uh, it's not looking good right now. Deshaun Watson on the field this weekend with the Cleveland Browns. What are your expectations? I would assume he's got to be a little rusty. He's got 700 days since he's played football, other than the five passes in the preseason. But but the Browns have the ability to kind of make life easy for him and uh, run the ball with Nick Chubb and work play action and just, you know, some basic concepts. So I think he'll look fine. You know, Watson, he he was a very good quarterback who I think took a massive step forward in 2020, despite the team taking a big step back. That was his best season. 90-plus PFF grade, took better care of the ball. They only won four games, but I think you saw his star power on the field. So I think uh, could be a little rusty. might take him a couple weeks to get back, but I think once he gets going, Watson you know, does elevate that Browns offense. That's already been pretty good with Jacoby Brissett. I've got a minute. Is Trevor Lawrence a bust? Is that is that extreme? Is it just because the no. Jaguars are dysfunctional, or is he playing, according to your tape and analytics, is he playing good football? Steve? No, he's played much better in recent weeks. I think if you asked me this three weeks ago, I think we're having more of a conversation. But the last three weeks, he's been, he's been fantastic, including that, that game-winning drive. Like that was the, the game-winning drive he had against the Ravens last week, that was the thing I've been waiting for. I thought that was going to show up in week one of his rookie season, Trevor Lawrence. He'd have some rookie bumps in, you know, along the way. But I always thought that he would be able to just, you know, zip the ball in there 20 yards at a time and win some games. We finally saw him do that. So Lawrence is on the right track, I think. Would uh, 10 seconds, would you take Trevor Lawrence or Tua Tonga-Valoa today? I'd take Trevor Lawrence. Okay, cool. Potential uh, still there. All right. Um, Dak for MVP. Have a great weekend. Oh, yeah. Yeah. See Good you, buddy. <laughs> Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com, on the Out of Bounds Show. And the interview was brought to you by Patron Tequila. Check out uh, Patron Reposado, Patron Añejo, or Patron Extra Añejo at Briarwood Wine and Spirits or your local wine and spirit shop. Good morning. Welcome in We've got some delicious audio straight ahead on Kiffin and Breeze. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.